What's up? This is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. Episode 70. Yeah, can you believe it? 70 episodes, man. Here we are. I can believe it. I can believe it. We're coming off of two back-to-back episodes that we've done in person. We're now back uh, distance again in New York and Vegas. Yeah. And I want to want to start things off right from where we left off, because we left right. off on, uh, we recorded on the day that you were flying out. And the day you were flying out. Exactly. <laughs> so, now, your flight was later than mine. Yeah, we were, um, basically, we wrapped up the podcast that day. Obviously, it came out a, a few few days later because we've been recording these a little bit earlier just because of our crazy schedules but uh, we're still releasing them on uh you know a normal schedule uh but yeah i had my last day in vegas and then i flew out you had to do a show and immediately run to the airport yeah so your flight was later than mine however you were at the airport like a normal person before me that is correct (laughs) right so my show always starts on time Mm mm-hmm we start the show, I mean, when I say on time, I mean, if the show's at 7, I'm, you know, maybe 7.02, occasionally 7.05. Uh, knowing that I had to catch a flight after, I really wanted to make sure we started on time. Absolutely. And the show was as busy as could be, and we were down an usher. Down an usher? Yes. No way. So that night was the night we started 11 minutes late. Of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> so how so, did you how did you fare getting to the flight? I finish the show. I run off stage. So I finish around maybe eight thirty two, eight thirty three. I run straight down to the car, which is waiting for me, jump in the passenger seat. So I'm in the car by 8.35. We're talking off stage and immediately into the car, <laughs> just barrel th- barreling through the link. Yeah. And um, Now you had um, like a the- getaway car ready for you. Yes, I, I exactly. I saw that when I was leaving and checking out, that yep. Tiana had pulled the car around. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah, we actually had to block one of the exits of the theater. <laughs> Because I could go through these like back routes and make mm. my way through that way, but the fastest way was the way I needed to go. Yeah. So we blocked one of the exits so I could jet down that hallway, go down the stairs. Anyway, you get the idea. <laughs> I'm at the airport by 8.45, so about a 10-minute ride to the airport, sure. which is good. Yeah. And I'm on the plane by 9 p.m. Wow. <laughs> yes, on the plane by 9 p.m. It felt crazy to like – be mm-hmm. on stage at 8.30, 8.35, and then literally be sitting on an airplane by 9. Right. And then, you know, in L.A. by 10.30 or something. It was, a, it was wild. Such a quick turnaround. Um, yes. I, I don't know if I told you. We had some, and I want to hear all about the L.A. stuff, of course, in just a bit. I had a little bit of a travel hiccup on my way home, and I don't know if you We're knew not, this. <laughs> See, there was no room for error there in what no, I was doing, yeah, so you let's, could, I'm glad it hit you. Yeah, you couldn't have done it. Well, we, I was delayed because the weather was real bad, and I was worried about, um, like, you know. There was on like, the East Coast, it was bad. There was like a nor- nor'easter happening. Right, I was right. worried that was going to affect it, but it wasn't even that. It was There was a, like a band of weather that went up through the middle of the country, and what happened was they, they looked at it and they're like, yeah, there's no real gaps for our plane to get through that. So we're going to refuel, get extra fuel. We're going to go up and around it like to like over like north of North Dakota and sure. come back down, which right. would have been fine. But I had a connection. So we were like 40 ah. minutes delayed and we land. I think it was, I was connecting in Raleigh and uh, <laughs> literally walked off the plane the gate for the next one was across the way, and I literally walked right off one plane right onto the other one as it was boarding. <laughs> so it was like the perfect timing. It was you it made was it. Nice. I made it. I made it. And then that flight wasn't affected at all by the weather. So. And what time do you did you land? Like in the morning? Because this is all red eye stuff. Yeah, this was all a red eye. Late leaving late at Vegas. I think I got into Raleigh at like five or six or something like that. Maybe a little yep. later, and then got into New York at like nine in the morning and then i just slept the whole day <laughs> lucky you i uh <laughs> so the adventure continues <laughs> i'm in the hotel by what midnight or something yeah 
one, and, I don't know what and time. You gotta it get is ready. Now. You get some TV stuff and some other stuff that you're prepping for, right? There's no time to prep. It's you just gotta go to bed because I have to wake <laughs> up in four hours. Yeah. So this isn't just normal TV anymore. No. I have a 6:45 a.m. COVID test. <laughs> right. I forgot. Yeah. You gotta. You make sure you're healthy and not spreading COVID to anyone. Two tests. Okay. I have to do a rapid test and a PCR test. Uh huh. Um. So, you know, I'm up at five in the morning getting ready. I hop in the car. I go to the testing site, which is not on set. It's a totally different location than where they're shooting the show. Right, right. (laughs) So that's at 645. I do the COVID test. They email you the results or whatever. So you don't have to, like, hang Mm -hmm. around and wait. So then I just make my way to the set. And the first thing I did was um, it's called Daily Pop on E! Network. Okay, sure. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's a... It's kind of one of those gossip shows. I think they talk a lot about like reality television, mm-hmm. um, Kardashians. There were there was a lot of talk about how Paris Hilton was spending her money that week. Oh wow, yeah, yeah, things like that. Uh, yeah, and so, so anyway, you, you were able to chime in with all your celebrity knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, that that would not be a, a, an ideal hosting gig for no. me. That, that particular show would not really fit my wheelhouse, if you will. No, I don't think so. <laughs> But I was just doing a quick thing and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, plugging my Vegas show, of course, and of course. doing a little magic. So it was what? kind of an in and out thing. It didn't take too long. And then I was on my merry way for uh, to Howie Mandel's new office, which I hadn't seen. Oh, before we get into Howie Mandel, what did you yeah. perform? For, tell us about the, the bit oh. you did on Daily Pop. I, it, honestly, it was seven in the morning. I don't remember <laughs> what I did. You just grabbed a deck of cards and like, uh, this. We'll do this. I think so. Nice. Yeah. All right. I think that's what I did. We'll have to find the clip and like link to it so we can actually figure out what Matt did. No, well, again, it was seven in the morning. Mm-hmm. There's no need to do that. <laughs> Fair. No, really, I'm not even sure. It was uh what because I, I didn't even do a camera blocking or anything. Sure. This is more like in tune with like access Hollywood type show. It's less yeah. of like a production and more of like a going on and you do your bit and, and go on with you. It's live too. You're doing a lot of glad handing of just like, Hey, I'm here. Um, it's cool to show and face a bit. Let me show a card yeah. trick or something because I'm obligated to, and then <laughs> let me plug my show. Cause that's the real reason I'm here. Yeah, I guess so. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, but everyone was really cool and nice, but it was just like a, it was a fast thing. Nice. It was almost like, although it's like a nationally syndicated show, it's almost like the same thing. If you're doing like a, a morning show in right. a city that you're playing in, Absolutely. you know what I mean? That had that feel to it. Yeah. 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 Just a plug fest. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I made my way to Howie's new office, which I had never been to. I'd only seen his old office, which That's is crazy. right across the yeah. way. Oh, it is crazy. Oh my God. Is it? It's, it's huge. <laughs> uh, lots of square footage and, um, like cool stuff and, memorabilia from his long career and like he has Mm -hmm. chairs from johnny carson's show wow in his office and uh holograms like pepper's ghost stuff (laughs) he's got like all kinds of crazy like side projects um that people may or may not know about which was really cool that's great so i arrive and uh for the podcast and um it was a really good time so i think by the time people are hearing this it'll already be out i believe good 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 yeah and we'll have to check that out we did a two-hour episode. Two hours? Wow. Yeah, so, so get this. I, I, I'm sitting there doing the podcast, and, it, and it's just madness. I mean, mm-hmm. Howie's a, a crazy, funny guy. And is, is very sort of flying by the seat of his pants on this podcast. And his daughter, Jackie, mm-hmm. is a co-host on it. There was another, uh, another comedian, Lou, who sits on the episodes, too, and just like makes awkward jokes in the middle of the podcast. Fair. Um, <laughs> Uh, that 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 played out quite funny. We called Tiana, oh, my wife, you? in the middle of the podcast <laughs> to bring her on and get her take on certain things. Nice. Um, but anyway, you know, he has lots of, you know, f- famous comedians and stuff on this podcast. Bob Saget, Bill Burr, I think was the day before or the week sure. before, I should say. So, like, I always think, OK, I'm going to be like really boring. I'm going to be the episode people mm, skin. Yeah. I don't know about you, but that's how I go into things. Well, it's also tricky. It was like, if you want to do any magic or whatever, it's usually a visual thing and like audio. Well, that I didn't know. intend on. Yeah, that you I were just going to chat. Doing. Okay. All the more reason I'm probably going to be boring, right? Well, well, I think though, like, you know, that's a, it's such a different take, especially when you have comedians on all the time, like to have someone who's in a different field. I think it's fascinating for, you know, someone like Howie Mandel to talk to, 
you know, what goes into the day to day life of a magician and the, uh, you know, all the success you had winning a reality show, you know, and having that perspective too. So I could see it being fascinating. So I would I would have given you this pep talk before you went on the show if you were feeling it was going to be the boring episode. Well, I feel about that before I do anything. Okay. <laughs> I, I honestly, every really? show I go on, I yeah, okay. I really do. I have that like self conscious feeling. So I, uh, I I look at my phone in the middle of it, and it and it was. 11:53. I thought it was 10:53. Mm-hmm. So I thought it had only been 53 minutes. Right. And I was like, "Oh, geez, we're wrapping this up." And I can tell we're wrapping this up. And mm-hmm. I didn't even make it to an hour. Yeah, oh, funny. <laughs> Little did I realize it was almost two hours. Right, right. Well, you have all the experience doing this podcast now. Yeah, right. I mean, it feels it should be pretty smooth flowing, and uh, you know, sometimes yeah. it feels we could do two hours here. It does feel so. it does feel like we could, and sometimes. Mm-hmm. We probably could, right? Yeah, we probably could. But so anyway, it, the Howie Mandel does stuff podcast is hysterical. It was one of those things where my face hurt from laughing, yeah. uh, kind of like when we did Ice Cream Social. It yeah. was like it, my face hurt from laughing just because uh, he really cracks me up. Mm-hmm. We talked mm-hmm. a lot about things that you wouldn't hear him talk about on a network show. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it was a blast. What were like some of the standout highlight stuff that like you? If you remember from that, in case I think he talked about his prostate quite a bit. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't expecting uh, that. <laughs> he, yeah, th- that was a that was a heavy topic for a while. Uh-huh. We talked about a gerbil going up someone's butt. Oh, um, yeah, this I sounds we, like uh, it's in Howie's wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah, uh, he called Tiana to see if we were going to have children or not. I mean, it was really wow. Put you right on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so it was it was quite the eventful podcast if you will uh-huh so you're saying as your co-host on this podcast i need to be a little bit more of a wild card and throw out some of these topics from now i'm not gonna lie i enjoyed the wild card <laughs> look if i need to be the wild card i can be we can both be yeah we can just both be uh squares we can do anything right. we want it's yeah. our show yeah exactly and you know what it's free so anyone listening yeah. eh, you can complain but we don't care you know yeah <laughs> It's free. How much can you complain? Exactly. <laughs> well, if they've made it this far, they're still enjoying the show. So, uh, what? Um, so, was that the end of the LA trip, or did you? Were you stick around? Did you get to explore a little bit, hang out, or you had to get back to do a show? Yeah, very little exploring. I, I the reason I had to get back. First of all, I, I did enjoy. I, I hung out, mm-hmm. you know, um, at Howie's office just for a bit before I had to catch my flight back, uh, because he surrounds himself just with the greatest people. I mean. Mm-hmm. It's it's literally inspirational. It's like, wow, now this is no, no that's not a dig at, at my team or anyone else's team, but like <laughs> I it's not, but I've noticed from from the the first day I met those that, you know, he works with. I was like, wow, everyone is just chipper and mm-hmm. fun yeah. and you know, oh, um I had taken an Uber to the office. Sure. And it was like a, a black SUV. So when his guy came out to meet me outside, um He's like, oh, yeah, he can come on in. He didn't know it was an Uber. He thought maybe I had a driver for the day. And he's like, oh, he can come on in and hang if he wants to. Like, what a nice gesture. I was like, oh, don't worry about it. It's just an Uber. He's literally leaving to go pick up someone else. But, like, Imagine what a you're nice that gesture. Uber driver, though, and you're like, yeah, I'll just hang out with this yeah, guy. Yeah, right? He's <laughs> like, this is but, the greatest day of my life. <laughs> yeah. But you get the idea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just the whole vibe. And that's something, you know, I. I aspire to. I think we could all aspire to. Really. Right, right, so, right, right. Anywho, um, after that, I took my flight back because I had another thing in the morning. This mm-hmm. one was virtual. It's called Daily Blast. And it's like this. I don't know if it's an Internet show. I believe it's also nationally syndicated in some capacity on television as well. I think um, you're hitting and, up the all the daily shows like the Daily yeah. Pop, Daily Blast. You could do the Daily Show. Maybe I kept mixing them up. Did I you? Kept oh, no. Yeah, because they had similar names. So yeah. it was like because this was a very different one. This was more of like a casual um, mm-hmm. interview. And they actually like requ- they asked me in the pre-interview. For, so so sometimes when you do these shows, um, there's a pre-interview before right. the interview, right? Yeah. So when you watch Seth Meyers or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, and he's having a conversation with his guest, a lot of times, the 98% of the time. Yeah, the producers will ask you questions to try and f- figure out where the interview should go so that you know the host, when it's actually recording, isn't like just wandering around aim- aimlessly, right? Yeah, what's the real reason they do that, Eric? 
So it's not boring. Right. So it's not boring. <laughs> and also so that like you can if you have a funny story, it like almost primes the guest to like get ready for that story, you know. That well, yeah, they can lead you into a certain story mm-hmm. with a question, what have you. Yeah. But do you see why I'm self-conscious, right? The reason shows do this is because they're afraid their guests are going to be boring. <laughs> so they predetermine what you're going to talk about. And then based on that conversation, they take a few of those questions and actually use them. And everything that got cut, they thought was boring. Right. Matt, but right? they do this for everyone, Matt. I don't. I think you would start to get self-conscious if they were doing it just when you came on <laughs> the shows. <laughs> <laughs> I think They're it like, just means most of us are inherently boring. <laughs> We're going to need to bring in our pre-interview. We got Matt Franco here on the show today. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, you never know. Maybe it is just no, me. I don't no, know. No, it is not. <laughs> I mean, they do it for like fool us and everything too because they have that interview. I remember getting pre-interviewed by their, their staff. You know, and then you have to you get to talk with Allison. I almost said have to talk with Allison. You get to talk with Allison while they're like deliberating during the judging and they're picking things out and feeding her questions in her ear about things from the pre-interview. And uh, I just the problem is we talked about Donnelly on um, the episode last week, but he's he's one of those guys that does a pre-interview and he knew me too well. So he's like, I don't want to do your pre-interview because it's like we'll just talk for hours and hours and not find things that we should probably feed. So I had a, another producer do it and I was like, Oh, I really wish Donnelly had done. <laughs> right. Right. But, yeah. It would have been good to have that, his uh, comedic energy. in there. Yeah. Yeah. Some of those questions I was like, really? Those are the questions. Okay. Anyway, but it was, it was a fun experience. Uh, so you were pre-interviewed. What was this daily blast show? What is yeah. it? Yeah. So, uh, this is a very conversational casual show. This is more something I feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, they asked me like a most embarrassing moment on stage and I made the mistake in the pre-interview of saying, oh, there's actually footage of that. And of course they asked for the footage and showed it, which was really fun and adorable. It's like, you know, I'm like 11 years old in the video, um, floating a silver ball that falls to the stage. I think you've seen it. I was confused for a second because I thought the question was, what was the most embarrassing moment that happened during your Vegas show? And then, oh, no. and then you're like, I was 11. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, one of the questions, too, was like, um, what's the craziest thing that's happened to you on stage in Vegas? Yeah. And this was funny because the pre-interview was like a week earlier. I don't remember what my answer was. <laughs> so I just gave a few examples. I, I really sure. couldn't remember yeah. which one they wanted me to talk about. Between, mm-hmm. you know, the person passing out on stage, right. people showing up on stage barefoot, people peeing their pants. So I just gave a little uh, uh, smorgasbord of, yeah. you know, crazy things that right. have happened on stage. Um, and I got to perform a little something, too. As you would expect from a Vegas audience, those like typical, like real drunk <laughs> audience members yeah. sometimes can, uh, can have some fun stories. But uh, yes. So wait. And then you wait. You videoed into this one. Yes. Yeah, this was virtual. That's why okay. I had to make my way back home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this was a little later in the day, so I do remember what I did yeah, at wh- least. Yeah, what did you perform? Um, just a little uh, uh, thing where the um, the box is blank and then it prints itself. It's like this cool visual thing. Mm-hmm. And I think I did that on the other show too. And then um, I print the uh, the cards. I make the cards print. Oh, which is, um, yeah, they're all blank, and then there's like a little routine that goes with it that, uh, you know, that I it's I do it because it's a jazz routine. I can yeah. lengthen it, I can shorten it. It's like a self-working magic trick, but I've added a whole bunch of sleight of hand to make it not a self-working trick. Sure, yeah. And like makes it a lot better than if uh you're just you doing know. it out of the box or whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's just fun for me. Well, you're making it your own too with the the skill set that you have. And, and Sure. And that is the fun part. Like there's a there's a piece that I do I probably talked about this um in scam uh, which is coming back, by the way, uh, th- after a little bit of a month uh, hiatus as they found a new venue. So I, I'm, I might be back there. This might be breaking news on, on the 7th. So uh, if you're in New York and want to check out the first reopening um, of Scam, it's at a new place called The Spot. Uh, but you can go to their website, magicscam.com, to find out all information on that. But that was a sidetrack. Uh, there's an effect I do where I'm reading people's minds about different holiday costumes or, or holiday 
themed things like uh, Halloween costumes or Christmas presents or first crush. And I have elements in there where I have jokes, but I know I can cut certain jokes depending on how, you know, the time is going. And I feel like that's similar probably with what you're doing with a lot of your sleight of hands. It's like these are little extra bits that I could do into the effect. But if I'm, you know, running long on time, you can cut those bits and just get to the core effect if need be. And that gives you a little leeway back and forth to make sure that you're hitting your time correctly. Absolutely. I can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's one of those things where I could literally jump to the ending at any moment. Yeah, that's great. At Uh, any moment, I can literally bring it to a finale. So it could be mm -hmm. 30 seconds. In fact, I did a 30 second version of it or 20 second, whatever it was on on Instagram and TikTok, all that. Mm -hmm. And then like, you know, I have an extended version and then I have middle versions. I have, you know, it really is just jazz. So that's what it is. That's really what got me interested in the mentalism stuff, too, is because it's like once, you know, you can get to a certain reveal that I'm going to do at the very end. I love taking these chances and these other hits along the way to see if I can get those and make it even more impressive. But if something is not connecting along the way, I can know I can always go to that final reveal and I can still have a payoff, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Mm hmm. So that sounds like the it went well. They they received uh, the magic well and enjoyed chatting with you. And see, did you? And they enjoyed eleven year old Matt dropping a silver ball. <laughs> yeah, those are those are the the highlights. And uh, gosh, it, yeah, it was it was really ga- great. And I had a lot of fun doing the podcast mm. too. I got a. It really made me wanna. Well, it changed my one of my goals actually, which we'll get to oh, later on. Oh, good, good, good. I can't. Yeah. Uh, especially since your goals have just been cleaning your office for a long time. I'm I have excited. an update on that. I'm excited for a new goal. <laughs> I've got an update on the office, but oh, we'll good. Have to, just, I'm going to keep you in suspense. Please do. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and then you were just back to shows and, uh, and just uh, chugging along in Vegas. Back to shows. Uh, insanely drunk people Ooh. came into the show on... Uh, whenever my last show was, uh, what was that? Saturday night, <laughs> Saturday. Yeah. And, uh, let's see. I just finished card manipulation. Cause we're recording on a Monday right now. So yeah. 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 So I, just I mix to... up the days, whatever. Yeah. I didn't want people to just think you just had like a random week off, but yeah. No, no, no. Well, I, I do those too. No. Yeah, okay. Good, 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 good. <laughs> we have weeks off too. Yeah. That we're allowed to do that. You know? Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> dance monkey dance. You gotta, um, you gotta rest at some point. <laughs> yeah. So it was Saturday night and a couple, uh, I don't know if it was two people or four people, Mm -hmm. I don't even know, came in. I I think I was just finishing card manipulation, so I don't know what that means. That means maybe like almost an hour into the show, like maybe 45 minutes into the show. Yeah. Um, That's pretty late. You had late late comers, yeah. but That's very late. They had tickets. Like, I feel like there should be like a set time at a certain point. It's like, no, the show's like halfway over. You can't, you you missed it. Sorry. Right. Come right. tomorrow night. Yeah, and right. buy another ticket. <laughs> <laughs> um, so drunk, yelling really? constantly, and you know, it was, and and it was just one of those things where it almost like, because a lot of times there's music playing, I'm interacting with the audience, I'm moving around, I'm having fun, so right. I don't always notice what stir people are causing, but I felt uh, once I did notice it, I felt really bad for the people around them. Yeah. Because that's the thing is they're detract they're detracting from their experience of their show and they just want to watch you but like your focus uh, definitely shifts even when uh, you know a couple of those Eagles fans were in the audience after the the football game when I was watching the show I was like I was kind of watching you but like also paying attention to what they were doing and their, how rowdy they were and uh, also appreciative of your ushers right. you know shutting that down as much as possible throughout and and I think well, Ryan yeah, even that- stood by them like a, like a, 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 a teacher trying to admonish their <laughs> students at one point <laughs> yeah this was this was more of a security situation yeah. because it started with f-bombs mm. and that, that at that point it was like hey you, you get one warning you're gonna be kicked out if this yeah. continues you know not from me yeah but. i was gonna say from me <laughs> yeah from because i was gonna say do you ever have to address it from stage like if i actually did rowdy? i did yeah. I, I actually did have to address it from stage mm-hmm. um I, I, because I it, mainly for the people around them, right? And right. that's how I addressed it. I actually fist bumped the people around them and said, "Hey, look, I am so sorry. Yeah. These people are too drunk for a Raiders game or whatever." I said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And yeah, like yeah. the drunk people were so drunk they laughed. You know what I mean? Like 
it wasn't even confrontational. Wow. Um, but yeah, it, it's you know what though, it's Vegas and these things happen. So yeah. as much as I do feel for um, you know everybody involved to have to to deal with it, whether it's the staff or or, or myself or our my team with me on stage or audience members look it's vegas we got to take everything with a little bit of a sense of humor here right uh, right right, right. We're, we're gonna this this show will never happen this exact same way again we're, mm-hmm. we're experiencing this all together absolutely you know well, yeah i mean that's uh, sometimes you got to do what you got to do and just uh you know and yeah luckily you do have a staff that can stop things before they get out of hand but yeah when it gets to a certain point where it's it's calling that elephant in the room is you you have to address it some way if it's you know affecting other people's experience that they're trying to have. Yeah, I had a uh, I, I want to say it was like a ten or eleven year old girl on stage when when the f bomb came oh, out. Really? Oh, great! Yeah, perfect. So it was like it couldn't have been like yeah the guy in the front row just looking at me goes really oh, really yeah yeah you know what I mean yeah. like and I was like. I guess this is what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Now, is there a way, because you close your show, not to spoil anything, but with the, mm. the giant card cannon that blasts mm. cards into the audience, mm-hmm. can you aim that cannon at disruptive people if need be? <laughs> Just pivot it, get those cards to shoot right at them. Maybe that'll give them a sign. <laughs> there are safety features that make sure that is not possible. <laughs> Fair. Because those things shoot out like a brick. Yeah, yeah. I can only imagine what would actually happen, Whoa. what kind of damage that thing could do. Well, don't don't necessarily you know, hit the button to launch it, but like at least point it at them to. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Never point it Never, at anything yes. unless you intend to destroy it. We've we've learned that lesson recently. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, let's not mm-hmm. even get into that whole situation, which is just a mess. But uh, I, I mean, that was crazy that when that news happened. Uh, you know, on that set. Uh, yeah. It was that right after show. I think I broke the news to you. I was like, yeah. So, so safety when it comes to your props is the, and we were talking about prop maintenance in the past episode, like, geez, right. like how serious that can be, especially when things are, you know, are, are dangerous weapons. So, uh, Hey, uh, speaking of props, I don't know if you have any gauge on like what magic memorabilia sells for, but a huge piece of magic memorabilia, huge meaning uh, symbolically, not in size, uh, just was up for auction. Was this the uh, Ricky Jay collection at the Sotheby's? Did you uh, see anything I, about this? I'm not sure. It m- I think this might have been a different one, actually. Mm, because I know I think some of those they both pieces. Had a Houdini, they yeah. both had a Houdini poster, so I think this might have been a different auction. This might oh, okay. have been Potter and Potter or something. Oh, yeah. What did it go for? There's a Houdini poster. Well, well, yeah, I don't know. The, 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 piece, uh, the, the piece of memorabilia I was referring to was actually the Robert Houdin light and heavy chest. Oh, I don't know what that is. Yeah, uh, you know I, what it is, right? Yeah, but I don't. I didn't know that was up for because the Potter and Potter ones are more like industry based auctions, right? Like so, other magicians are doing that. And I, I'm I, not a collector. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure. <laughs> um, you know, I'm I'm not gonna look to spend that kind of money on something like like mm-hmm. these things, but. Well, what do you think the the light and heavy chest? Just a little background on it. Are you looking it up right now? No, I was trying to see how much the uh, the Houdini one went. And Maybe I, like a hundred and twenty thousand or something, right? And, I, and I'm doing it just by looking at a mutual friend of our snarky post, <laughs> so it's not maybe the exact. <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> so I thought works. that was the person's name. You said snarky post. I'm like, who's oh, that? No, but no. then I understood. Yeah. So <laughs> the light and heavy chest. It's like the legend is it stopped a war. It's this chest that mm-hmm. Robert Houdin, famous magician Houdini, named himself essentially after Robert Houdin. Um, a small child could lift up the, 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 the chest, but the Marabou warriors couldn't. Yeah. So they surrendered. That's mm-hmm. kind of the, the, the story, which may or may not have, you know, embellishment to it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, that actual chest was up for auction. What do you think it went for? Oh, this is my least favorite game, Matt. It's me. Well, lucky estimating. for you, it's, it's not officially <laughs> trivia, so. No, but it's estimating. Um, I don't know. So I did look up the just to give a little anchoring of where my mm-hmm. guess is going to come from. That Houdini poster from the Ricky J collection through Sother- Sotheby's like went for 150k for one poster, which is a, a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, but it was like th- one of the, there. Those are very rare, though. There are very few of those original posters, right? That were right. used. Yeah. 
So I'm going to say this is rare, more rare. So I'm going to say it's probably more, I don't know, half a million. I think it went for 130,000. Oh, okay. It was a little, a little high. <laughs> yeah. No, but you know, it's interesting that you guessed that high because $130,000. Mm-hmm. I, w- I wouldn't even, I mean, no. honestly, I, I, I'm not interested in spending, like, I just, I'm just not that guy. I wouldn't spend $5,000. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? Like on or a collectible. It's just not my yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, however, if that was my thing or anyone's thing, like magic memorabilia is actually kind of attainable compared to say movie mer- memorabilia or music memorabilia. That stuff goes for millions. Sports yeah. memorabilia, right? So it's mm-hmm. actually not that crazy that it went for 130. Hence, you guessing half a mil, right? Yeah. yeah, it's true. It's true. And and having something rare, I think it's just because the market of people who know about that kind of stuff is much smaller. So it maybe doesn't get the price point it does, but like huge collectors. I mean, one of the things that I've never gotten a chance to do, but I've always dreamed about doing is just like the, that Copperfield Museum of all his collection and everything that he's got. Have you done it? Yes. Yeah. So you've seen millions and millions of dollars of magic memorabilia. Yeah, yeah, the Copperfield Museum. I don't know. That might have been before we started recording this. Otherwise, mm-hmm. we probably would have talked about it to right. some, uh, you know, in some sort of depth. Um, it's I'm probably due to see it again at some point because I hear it's been um, you know pretty substantially updated because it was probably a couple of years ago, maybe even three years ago. Time flies um, that I was actually there. But what an insane collection! I mean, literally just everything that was ever owned by any magician that's no longer with us. Doug Henning. Right. Mm-hmm. Cardini, Houdini. I'm sure Johnny Thompson probably has a sure. setup in there now. I mean, it's just. And, and he it, brought a, a little bit of the collection to New York on like this history of magic exhibit that they did, but it was like uh, 1% of his actual collection was there. But I got to see like the, uh, you know, Alexander the Great mentalist turban that he had there and like, you know, some of the Copperfield illusions that are in his museum, of course, too, uh, that are, you know, groundbreaking in history. Uh, inducing but if you do do the tour again matt let me know i'll fly out like at a drop of a hat i'm pretty (laughs) sure you're not allowed in because you walked out in the middle of his show i didn't walk out i had to pee i as far as i don't know last time he said you never even came back no that's what he said that's not what he said (laughs) he was just upset i missed a big piece of his show I was upset too. I know. You were like, I brought this guy. He's making me look bad. <laughs> but let me tell you, it That's was funny. amazing. I'll have to see it <laughs> next time. I, even, I didn't get to catch all the magic shows I wanted to while I was in you Vegas. You didn't even so. see Donnie. You didn't even see Donnie Osmond. Well, well, add it to the list. I'll be it back. It was pretty much a wasted trip. You didn't even see Donnie. <laughs> wow. The whole trip was a waste. I saw your show two and a half times. Waste. <laughs> uh, yeah. Think about it. That's two and a half more times you could have seen Donnie Osmond at Harris. <laughs> I'm not even joking. It's a, you're talking about a living legend in Las Vegas. Oh man, I did. I'm going to bring see, you to Donnie. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it. I did get to see a eighth show, which I guess was my first show because I was back in New York. Uh, so I landed uh, and then napped all day because uh, I, well, I planned it that way. I made sure that I didn't have anything so I could rest from my Vegas trip. Uh, but that night was like the only night I can get to the theater. Because a friend of mine, close friend of mine, is in a production at the Public Theater um, called The Visitor, which is a um, uh, like a m- musical. I didn't even know it was a musical going in, but uh, uh, David Hyde Pierce is the lead in it. Uh, do you know who that is, Matt? Fr- do you do you know Frasier? Have you yes. heard of Frasier? The so TV he, show. He plays Niles in Frasier, but he does Frasier a bunch was a of spinoff, right? Spinoff of Cheers. Correct. With, uh, Ted oh, Danson. I'm impressed. <laughs> well done, Matt. So. Uh, Kelsey Grammer obviously played Frasier. His brother in the series. Not obviously, but thank you. <laughs> was uh, David Hyde Pierce, who's done a lot of other things as well, but that's probably what he's most recognized from. Uh, but also, you know, a big theater guy. He plays the lead, and it's a, I wouldn't say it's an uplifting show because just the kind of the subject matter um it's a very uh diverse cast because it's about it's it's an ad- adaptation of a movie from 2007 where a uh a pr- professor basically he comes home to his apartment that he doesn't really visit in new york because he mostly lives in connecticut and he has people living in his apartment and they're kind of um you know 
uh, refugees you find out are illegal uh, immigrants living in his um, in his apartment, and he kind of befriends them and takes them under the wind under his wing. And uh, at some point, uh, the 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 male um, I, I'm trying to remember names of characters. It's been a been a hot minute since it was last week, but uh, he gets detained, and now it's all about his uh, experience, like in an ICE detention facility and all all the things going on with that but it was like really a gut-wrenching show just to see like the realities of that side of the world that you know as someone who's not anywhere near that side of the world like that that experience is like getting to see it uh and and the realities of that world um so um my buddy robert was in it and he uh, did a great job he had solos and stuff like that and it was just kind of like really moving the story and uh, we went with a bunch of friends and cheered him on and uh just seeing the set was amazing too like i always love these broadway level sets and uh right you know it was kind of had this whole like metal motif that was like kind of things were moving in and out but it really kind of captured that detainee facility that he was in as well so uh, i recommend seeing it check it out um at the public theater it's pl- probably playing for a while but uh Ooh, some d- some uh, real uh, heavy topics there, and uh, sure. to show the realities of the world today. So, uh, they yeah, they definitely updated it from that 2007 movie too to make it a bit more you know relevant. Well, the name to of today. it, The Visitor, I feel like is something else. Um, there was something else called The Visitor. I don't know if it was like a Netflix thing, or mm. but I don't think it's the same. I don't think it's related. No, I think there no. was like a horror movie or something, or yeah, psychological. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. This was nice because, like, the visitors, it's almost you're questioning throughout the show of, like, who are they referring to? Is it the, mm. uh, you know, the guy who is squatting in this apartment or is it, you know, David Hyde Pierce as the professor who's visiting him in the detainee center uh, for, for ICE? So it's kind of like you can see it both ways of, like, who's really the one that's out of their element visiting the other one, you know? How much did he squat? Squat? I don't know. Yeah, like how much weight? Oh no, no, it's not, uh-huh. it's not like that. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but after that, I had to go straight to um, the 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 college booking conference that I do. So I was All back, right. back in uh, Hartford with a lot of our friends because uh, you were on the planning committee at one point before you. Oh uh, man. You ended Just up calling me Captain Naka back then. Yeah, you you then you won a uh, um, reality competition, then couldn't even fill out your term. <laughs> hey, let's talk about this, right? Tiana doesn't like if I refer to America's Got Talent as a reality show. You've done it twice since we've started recording today, and she thinks that it, we shouldn't really refer to it as a reality show, but it is one. It is a reality show. She she thinks that that sounds not as cool, like. Because she said to me the other day, this is how she brought it up. She mm. goes, what do you think of when you think of reality TV? This is this is literally how she started the conversation. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I don't know, like real world Jersey Shore? Yeah, Kardashians. And she's like, yeah. Yeah, so she's like, yeah, exactly. So why do you refer to America's Got Talent as a reality show? But that's, And I was like, well, there's a reality element. Well, you know? I think there's a difference between a reality show and a reality competition show. I agree. I think reality competition shows. I mean, I even posted recently that I am obsessed with reality competition shows because I can watch anyone make anything. So like whether it's a talent thing or, you know, it's one of those like build, you know, all those food shows, Great British Bake Off, you know, like that stuff. I can watch all of that. And uh, I think there's a different element because there's skill or talent involved when as opposed to some of these other, quote, just reality shows that come to mind where I'm sure there's talent in coming up and being entertained. I, I don't want to give them no credit. But, <laughs> like, the fact that you're just literally following someone around in their day-to-day life, I think, is right. not usually my cup of tea, per yeah. se. Yeah, yeah. And how much of that's actual real when it comes to reality and, and so forth. <laughs> I just call it a TV show now. That's it. I got yeah. slapped on the wrist. Now I just call it a TV show. Fair enough, fair enough. So there you have it. But anyway, you were uh, you were on the planning committee, and because of you were on the planning committee in this region, I ended up being on the planning committee, and uh, which was a great way to get to know all the student activities directors. And I think most of them have brought me to their campuses at some point, one or another. So it's mm-hmm. Northeast region for me is always a big homecoming, and uh, you know it feels like family, and uh, you know just hanging out and meeting new people. Uh, and it was great. And uh, I was just not showcasing at this one, just doing stuff in the booth. And it was much smaller. It was different now that things are back uh, in person because um, 
they basically combined it with the mid-atlantic region too so we had a lot of people from there so it was a little bit um uh more um uh, just a different vibe i think i don't know how yeah, to explain for it. anyone for anyone listening that that just got lost basically it's a booking conference where agents performers mm-hmm. and other types of vendors uh meet up with a bunch of college buyers yes so in exactly. the past there would be like 130 schools from the northeast region that would show up and see what our country has to offer in terms of entertainment and other events and such yeah yeah bringing you know give and takes you can like build a bear and have that on campus like all these yeah you could have someone who does cartoon artistry what do they call that like that's not called that's it (laughs) (laughs) i know that's not it cartoon artistry although it's not a bad way to put it that's like the fancy version (laughs) yeah exactly uh, but yeah, so it was fun just kind of doing my close up kind of style of uh, mind reading that I do for walk around stuff in the booth and uh, getting some good reactions. Uh, but man, uh, at, even though it was a little bit pared down because people are still coming out of the pandemic, there weren't as many booths of different agents. Still seemed like there was still a lot of magic. You know, those magicians are still going out strong. <laughs> That's good, man. No, yeah, I mean, yeah, you yeah, always yeah. you always say that you've said that. I think at every conference I ever been to with you, mm-hmm. you you always would say that, and you're still saying it today. Yeah, I never thought of it that way. Of course not. I really didn't, and I still don't. But you well, know, I don't think you can look at it that way because how many Eric Diddlemans were there? Well, that's the thing. That's the lesson right? I was just about to say. Is you know, as many other mentalists, because everyone's a magician and a mentalist now. It seems sometimes not everyone. Not, no, no, I know. I'm talking to one right here. <laughs> but but a lot of people are kind of casting a wider net to see how many more things like clients can get. But like when you have, quote, a large field of competition, you really have to focus in on what separates you from the pack. And one of the things that I was doing was kind of just, you know, my style and having that fun and improv and stand-up background that kind of sets me apart from other mentalists who might be a little bit like, ooh, doing more of a spooky or, you know, claiming supernatural powers or whatever they're doing to make it feel, I don't know, different than me being honest and being like, hey, what I'm doing is not psychic or supernatural. This is just, you know, mix of magic and psychology. And it's more about you and learning about you as an audience and making sure you're having a fun time and you know having those little sales pitches because sometimes you're talking to people just for a quick second as they're going to go to down the, the aisle to another booth and you just want to be able to you know this is all about marketing and branding yourself and, and finding what those um, benefits for them to bring you to your campus are yeah i don't even like the term competition because again mm-hmm. unless there was another eric diddleman there I, as far as i'm concerned there isn't any such thing as competition yeah. having said that i understand you're saying there are other people that are offering a a service that that exactly. can be considered similar mm-hmm. but uh that's just not how i see it yeah and and I'm, that's a good reminder always to have for sure is to remember it's not you're you're only competing with yourself when it comes to that because there's only one you that you're offering mm-hmm. but yeah when it comes to other people offering similar things it's find those things that highlight you in your individuality and that's one of the things that we've talked about on this podcast too is like to be you know, like you don't want to just sell a Vegas magic show in your case mm-hmm. or a just like a mind reading show in my case it's like we want people to come for you for me it's the personality and like when you can <laughs> get to the phase where you know, a client's like, I don't want to, I'm, I'm looking for a magician. It's like, okay, well, there's lots that fit that. It's like, no, I'm looking for Matt Franco. I'm looking for Eric Diddleman, you know, as a mind reader. That's when you're really connecting and that's where you found, you know, your, your base, I guess. Yeah. It's the same thing in Vegas. Like, look, you were here last week and you saw mm-hmm. a bunch of shows, many of them, which we, we talked about right here on the podcast and not a single one could I consider competition because you just simply, when you walk out of any other show, you get a different experience than what you're going to get out of mine. It's just a very mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. experience that that you're going to get. So it's not competition to me or me them. Yeah, absolutely. Right. That's the, that's go. just how I see it. It, it. Although it's magic in some cases, um, it's a very different experience of magic. So as long as what you're providing is different and you're good, there's room for you in the market. Fantastic. I agree. And I agree so much that I think it's time to mess with your brain a little bit, Matt, because it's time for Diddle Me This. Diddle Me This, Diddle Me That, Will Eric End Up Stumping Matt Riddles. 
Okay, this is a short riddle for you. We've had some long thinkers uh, uh, the past couple episodes, so I figured let's uh, let's play a little nice with you here. Uh, <laughs> what sport begins with a T and has four letters? What sport begins with mm-hmm. a T and has four letters? Do you think you have this right and away? This is a riddle. No, I, riddle. now I got to remember this is not trivia, right? Correct. So Correct. there's got to be a oh, got it, I got it. Wow. It just I had a clicked. feeling you would get this one pretty fast. I do like the wording of this and the wordplay. And um, it does better when it's read out loud to you as ex- opposed to reading it. Exactly. What is the sport, Matt? It's golf. Yes. <laughs> because it's not the letter T. It begins with a T that you put the ball on. Mm-hmm. You hit it off. Well done. You nailed that one. Thank you, sir. Let's hit it. Yeah. <laughs> Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready, time to use his wit. Pressure, 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 trivia, pressure, trivia time. Great song. I'm going to hit you with your third and final week in a row of (laughs) AGT AGT trivia. (laughs) Okay. Uh, is this one time too? Because I haven't been doing good when you put a doing well when you put a countdown on them. It should be. Okay, great. Uh, it should be. Are you ready for this? Yes. Who was the second person to host America's Got Talent? Second person to host. Okay. I know it. I know it. Uh, what is it? It was Regis. Is that correct? No? no, was no. it Jerry Springer? Yes. Oh, I had him flipped. I had him yeah. flipped. Regis uh, was first. I had it flipped too. That's why I thought uh, it was a good one. That is tough. I knew but there I was were thinking, one and two. Yeah. Because I was thinking Jerry too, and then I'm like, that's a weird person to have as like the uh, the debut host. And then Regis made more sense that once I looked it up. I was like, sense. oh yeah, Regis. Yeah. Anyway, I, Jerry was number two. I had them both there. It was just figuring out who was one or two. Yeah. I've been tripping you up on the AGT questions. Oh, it's mostly because I haven't had much sleep. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> but um, what what are the other? Let me see if we can do the other host because then after Jer- uh, after Jerry Springer was Nick Cannon, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then after Nick Cannon for a brief bit was Tyra Banks. That's correct. And then Terry Crews. That's correct. Okay, so I think I nailed that. Yeah. Do I get any bonus points? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> like whose line is it anyway, though? They yeah. don't matter. Uh, yeah, none of us matters. I am trying to keep track of our stats. No. <laughs> yeah, <Imagine>. right. <laughs> uh, Matt, we had a Halloween. Did you do anything for Halloween? Handed out some candy. Yeah? Did you dress yeah, up it looked this like year? You... No, no. It wasn't a dress up year for me. How about no. you? Oh, I know what you dressed up as, actually. Yeah, I went as Cobra Kai. Now, I didn't specify really who. I guess I was wearing the Johnny Lawrence patch on my uh, gi, karate gi. But um, I didn't do the whole, like, blonde hair. So I think I was just a generic Cobra Kai I like that. Person. I like the generic Cobra Kai, Yeah, you know? Yeah. We didn't do anything too far out. We went out a little bit with some friends, played some games, and you know, went out to dinner. Uh, kind of games? Uh, just like we t- tried to do some like spooky board games and stuff that fit the Halloween feel to get into the vibe. Drinking games? No, not necessarily. Uh, there's a game called uh, Betrayal, the House of the Hill, where you're basically four people exploring a haunted mansion and as you go through each room like different like events happen that are spooky and scary and then at some point in the game when there's a there's an action that gets triggered uh you go to a each each um person goes to a rule book basically and you find out one of one of you is the traitor and there's a scenario where it's like one versus three or how many other people you're playing and then you gotta like solve the the like you gotta resolve the traitor see who wins Sounds like a lot of thinking. It's it's uh more advanced than your basic monopolies of board games and stuff, right? right? But uh, but yeah, I'm a big board game guy, so I love I love these types of games. So check that out if you wanted something spooky to do. You, you can also play it in a non-spooky holiday season as well. You didn't <laughs> so, go to like a Halloween party or anything? Not really. Just with a couple friends, we were just mostly hanging out. Um, and we had some you know punny costumes. Uh, and uh, but yeah, nothing nothing. I, too- I, too exciting. 
I should mention Halloween is like a huge deal in my neighborhood. Yeah. Huge deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is the first year back uh, that because they hadn't done it in the past couple of years with COVID and whatnot, last year or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but people go, they have like companies come and decorate their houses. I mean, oh, there was like- they go that far out. Yeah. It's <laughs> enormous. Wow. And like when you go up to the houses, they literally just have a candy store. Like what? shelves of the big candy bars that you can just go up and grab. There's a food truck at one of the houses, uh, an ice cream truck. Um, one house, actually it's the same one with the ice cream truck. Their garage, they turn into a haunted house and there's wow. literally a line to go into it. Um, everyone pretty much opens their doors to uh, turn their home into a you know spooky Halloween themed thing. But there was, you know, people have projections on their windows of like Halloween things, uh, holograms. There yeah. was like a foam pit. What? I don't know how else to describe it other than that it was a foam pit and it was lit with rainbow colors and there was foam flying in the air. It looked like it was snowing. I was like, I don't even know what that's supposed to be, but it's cool. Did you go um, in? No, you can't go in it. It just oh, exists. Okay. It's like, oh, a, I, I don't really know what it's supposed to be. It's not it like a like, dance club where they just drop the foam on you and you're like playing in the foam. No, it was just like a giant <laughs> mound of foam in someone's yard, like oh, surrounded by bushes. I, I don't know what I was seeing. It was yeah. like trippy. And everything's lit up and like literally they just have these larger than life decorations. Like there'll be these like giant skeletons that are, you know, 30 feet tall. I mean, it's crazy. Right. Yeah. Wow. Some wow. of them inflatable, some of them not. And, you know, the golf carts are driving around because it's kind of a golf community. Golf carts driving around. They're all decorated, decked out Halloween style. And they're all playing Halloween music and the golf carts and they close down the roads. You can't drive. So it's yeah. just golf carts and pedestrians and it's really, um, it's really a thing, and it was good to have it back this year. That's fantastic. That sounds like I should have stayed for that. Yeah, you should have. <laughs> come, come experience Vegas Halloween yeah. one of these years. Yeah, mm-hmm. that sounds outrageous. That I like people who go all out, but it, yeah, it seems like a lot of work and effort. I I want to know what they're spending on candy. Right, because oh, just decorations uh, too. I mean, you have the people who go all out for like Christmas and stuff. But imagine if you're a family that does both. Halloween like goes all out for Halloween and they got to take all that down. They do. <laughs> and then oh no, gotta, they do. Oh, they do. <laughs> oh, they do. Yeah. No, I'm, I assume they have that same company come back wow. and then do the Christmas decorations, uh, which are just as insane. Yeah. So, and I, I want to know what they spend on candy because they're all mm-hmm. giving out like giant Snickers and giant oh, yeah. packages of Reese's cups and all that. And it's like M&M bags, peanut M&Ms. And like it's open. It's not just the community, which a lot of people live here. But um, and it's a private community, but it's open on Halloween night, so people come from all over the Las Vegas Valley, That's and amazing. do trick or treating here. So, like, how many people come to your door? Is it five hundred kids? Is it fifteen hundred oh, kids? Yeah. Is it more? Less? I have no idea. But like, I'd love to know the candy budget that's going on. Um, at See, some of these houses. I'm glad I'm not in one of these houses because I would be bad at estimating the number of trick or treaters coming, and I'd have like two candy bars. Yeah. <laughs> what do you what? think the budget is I, well, for, for one house? Me. I don't, ask I don't me know. This. I don't know the answer. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. Is it what? 500, 800, more, who, less? Who knows? Who 2, knows? 2,000? Like, I just anything. have no clue. I think it's at least one Houdini poster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> what, um, what is your go to favorite Halloween candy? I like Sour Patch Kids are pretty good. Okay. I'm a Reese's you? guy. Yeah. I, li- I like the holiday-themed Reese's because it's like a better peanut butter ratio. Well, you were crushing like some old Easter candy that was sitting out on my counter <laughs> when you were at my house. So I don't I think, thought, I think you discriminate. I thought we were going to not talk about that, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't talked about it. I just noticed it and decided to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, Matt, we should uh, get into our goals. You said yeah. I, I'm... I've been waiting with bated breath to hear yeah, about your your office situation here. So what's you want to know? Yeah, it's looking good, man. Looking so good. So when you were here, all the furniture was in the center of the room because we had painters come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all the furniture was in the middle of the room for the painting. That was months ago. Mm-hmm. So I decided, you know what? It's time to move the furniture back. And uh, the table we set up for the podcast, a little fold up table, is still there. So like, yeah. I wouldn't say the office is clean, but it is 
so much better than when you were here. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So I consider it a check mark for cleaning the office. I'm, I'm glad not only did you tell me this, but um, all of our listeners who've been following the saga and yeah. some who are tuning in just for the office cleaning yeah. updates. <laughs> Can I tell you something embarrassing, though? The reason that I moved the furniture? Sure. I wanted to learn a TikTok dance and I just didn't have the space. We're just revealing embarrassing things about both of us on this episode today. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I felt bad about the Easter candy thing because it's also embarrassing that I had Easter candy out. <laughs> I think it's worse that I ate it from Easter. Did you even know it was Easter candy? I mean, they were egg-shaped, I assume. They were eggs, right? That's what I thought. <laughs> I'm a That's sucker. I'm a sucker for those holiday-themed ones. <laughs> So, all right. So you did progress on The Office. What were your uh, goals? You said Howie uh, inspired a goal. Well, yeah, he just had such an elaborate podcast set up. And and I had this goal a long time ago, and then I eventually ditched it because basically from feedback from you and our listeners saying that, like, my microphone sounds fine. Yeah. I don't care. I want a better microphone. Oh, I want to not... I want a little fancy arm like you have. You have this like boom yeah. that puts the mic right where it needs to be. And mm-hmm. you can see me right now. I No right. one else can see me. But I always have this like hunched forward trying to talk into the microphone. I've got it balancing on a stack of books. No, I want a nice microphone, some nice headphones, yeah. and a little setup that's official. It only took us 70 episodes for you to be like, let's get serious about this. Send me a link. <laughs> Send me a link to what I need, okay, and I'm going to pick it up. Good, good, good. I like that. And you also wanted to, like, relax and breathe, I had written down. Uh, that was a goal? I guess. Oh, oh, well, yeah, because October is officially over, and it was right. kind of a crazy month, uh, the whole month. So uh, now I do get a chance to sort of take a small step back and just take a breath, which is nice. Good, good, good. Um, yeah. For me, I was to prep the for the booking conference. I got another one coming up. Uh, this week so um, which one which region are you going to well they're not regions anymore because oh, they right. kind of got rid of the regions but this one's in Fort Wayne Indiana ah I like Indiana yeah and uh, and then I'm still dissecting all the shows that I saw I haven't really had a time to even just com- decompress from the Vegas trip because I was going go go um, so uh, to, to, to yeah to still work out I, I loved the production element so I'm going to start to explore that like I mentioned last episode uh, on how to add a little bit more of the you know video graphics and stuff into my show, I think, uh, which also doesn't work in some of the venues that I perform because a lot of the ones I just kind of pop in. So finding finding when it's my environment when I can control and add those elements in, I right. think are great. And um, I I think my goal this week is I I've been reading I've been more inspired since the Vegas trip to like read and get back into you know really coming up with. Um, mentalism being inspired by that stuff so i started two books that i'm reading and now i just have to focus on one of those and get through (laughs) right (laughs) so stop diversifying my attention and just focus on one and get through it so uh, that's my plan is to uh, pick a book and read it and then read finish reading the other one awesome Um, yeah so uh let us know plugs matt what do you think plugs Check out the Howie Mandel Does Stuff podcast episode. It's a fun one. Also, the Insider podcast on Vanishing Inc. was another fun interview. If you're enjoying listening to this, you might enjoy those as well. And that'll hold you over until you can find your way to Las Vegas to see Donnie Osmond. I mean, uh, the Matt Franco <laughs> show at the Link Hotel and Experience. Amazing. That is great. Uh, I've got a bunch of stuff coming up as well. Uh, Scam reopens. I think I'm going to be on that show on the 7th. Um, so when you're listening to that, if you're in New York, and I'll be back uh, there throughout, I'm sure, pretty regularly. Uh, I'm going to be at the Rose Room again at some point, too. So check that out if you're in New York City. And then uh, I'll be at Keller's up in Erie, Pennsylvania, the 19th through 21st of November. That's going to be a fun show. It's going to be real fun. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that one. And as always, you can visit my website, ericdittleman.com. But speaking of websites... Visit our website here at mindovermagicpodcast.com. Hit us up on the emails at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com. And find us on the socials at mindmagicpod. I think that'll do it, Matt. 
Oh, if you say so, fine. I mean, look, it's an hour shorter than Howie's, but I can I can deal with it. It's fine. It's just because we're boring and we couldn't even do the full two hours, whatever. Yeah, I I, I, I would have got another hour, but I I didn't get to do a pre-interview with you, so. Ah, <laughs> I can pre-interview you post podcast if you want. A pre-post interview. Got it. Good. <laughs> Take care, buddy. I'll talk to you later. Bye.